You're listening to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. Each week, network marketing professional and mom-turned-entrepreneur Melanie Mitro gives you her tried-and-true tips for building a business from your kitchen table. This self-made millionaire went from a stay-at-home mom to the top of a network marketing business in just three years. She built an online health and fitness business from the ground up while raising babies and juggling being a mom and wife. Now she wants to help you become the boss of your own life. For blog posts, business tips, and more, check out her website at melaniemitro.com. Now let's get to the show. Here's your host, Melanie Mitro. Well, good morning, everybody. Hey there, it is Melanie Mitro, the host of the Women Inspiring Women podcast, and I am so excited to be back here for another episode. And this week, we're talking all things leadership. Actually, I did an Instagram reel on Sunday over this past weekend. So it was, if you want to go back and actually look at the reel, it was Sunday, May the 15th, as I look at my calendar. And I made this reel about how your business should actually give you freedom. How people ask me all the time, am I always going to have to hustle this hard? Am I always going to have to grind? Is it ever going to get to a point where the business starts to work in my favor, where income is coming in while I sleep, while, you know, leads are starting to funnel in through the doors of my business on their own without me constantly having to be in the trenches doing the work. And it's not really a yes or no answer. It's sort of a yes and there, and it's really not one way or the other. I truly do honestly believe in really, really hard work, but I also believe in working really smart. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I've had up on my whiteboard, this specific podcast episode that I've been wanting to record for months. And it says, well, I always have to hustle this hard. And I want to talk about that. And I know I've done some other episodes about this concept as well, but you know, as a business owner that has been the top leader in for in Beachbody, right? So I've been a part of the direct sales company team Beachbody for almost 11 years. So in July will be my 11 year anniversary with the company. I have been their four time top coach. So I was number one in the company four years in a row. I served on the coach advisory board. I also received the CEO award from the company. I have been in the top 10 for eight years and I have been an elite, which means that's 0.0 1% of the company nine years in a row. So you guys, I have achieved a lot of accolades, a lot of, you know, recognition. I've, I've risen to the highest ranks in the company. I've checked off all of the boxes and I've gone through lots of peaks and valleys as the business has grown plateaued, maybe taken a few steps back and, and grown again. And so I've been through a lot of seasons of business growth and I'm standing on the other side right now as a business mentor. I've also gone off. I've started my own business chic influencer with my business partner, Katie, and the two of us mentor and guide and support people in building a business that gives them flexibility and freedom and life. And honestly, truly, it is a work of love. It is all the years of figuring it out finding the systems and processes that work, and then teaching it to the people that we mentor and support. And I love what I do every single day. And so one of the things that over the past six months specifically, one specific area that's been on my heart is leadership. And this word is really, a lot of it is, is 
really coming from my own personal agenda. And that is, you know, will I always have to work this hard? Can I really create a business that is not a hundred percent on autopilot, but really is working in my favor? And what I've learned is the answer is yes. And I've been diligently automating things in my own personal business for a very long time. Things that I just did without really thinking twice about it, just as I was researching being a business owner and smart business ownership and direct sales. But what I'm finding is that as I'm mentoring other people, I also recognize that some of these things don't come naturally for others. Or some of the things that I prioritize are things that other business owners do not prioritize at all. What I find, and maybe this is you, I find that people are sort of reacting to their business. They're, oh, I got to launch a new program. So let's create the launch plan. And oh, there's a new incentive from the company. So let's go do this. And so we're always sort of reacting to what the company or the organization is putting out there instead of taking a step back and saying, how do I slow down to speed up? How do I make sure I have the right systems in place? If I have eight hours to show up and work by business, what should I actually be working on? And today I'm going to walk you through this list of areas that I have fine-tuned and perfected. And then I also teach other people how to fine-tune and perfect as well. And I feel that that has really allowed people has allowed me to grow and scale in a way that I can be a little more hands-off. Okay. So at the end of this episode, I want you to imagine what would it be like if you could actually start seeing income while you sleep? The kind of income where you didn't have to hold your breath that every single week you were going to reach the income that you reached the week before. What if your income wasn't solely based on what you did? but about what your team created. What what would that be like? What would it be like to be able to go away for a week or two weeks and still have the same amount of income coming through the doors? It doesn't rely on you being behind the computer, you know, closing sales and doing follow-ups and even all the social media stuff as well. You know, imagine unplugging for two weeks on a family vacation and actually taking time off. What about, having a team of leaders that are duplicating the systems you've put in place and then customizing it in their own ways. Wouldn't that be amazing? Do you want depth in your organization? If you've been shaking your head, yes, then this is truly the podcast for you. And I find that when it comes to growing your direct sales business, these are the things that are so incredibly important. So these are the questions I want you to ask yourself. I want you to simply say yes or no. And then underneath of each one of these areas, I want you to start to think, okay, if these systems aren't scalable, if they aren't duplicatable, what are the things that I can do? What are the processes I can start putting in place so that, right, the business can be duplicatable and scalable? All right. So number one, I want you to ask yourself, do you have a simple, clear onboarding system as you are bringing new people into your business. So yes or no, that's your first one. Do you have a clear onboarding system? So do you have something that works for you? Do you send people an email when they enroll? Not what the company is creating, but what do you say to people? What's the system that you do? What's the first 24 hours look like? What's the first 48 hours look like, right? What is the first week? What is the first month? Do you have a series of emails or text messages that you send out that are very clear step-by-step directions for how to get 
a new person started right in the business. So that's really question number one. Do you have an onboarding system that is very simple? It is very clear and it is very duplicatable. If you don't have all three of those, then you're then you're going to have a system that is ineffective. Could you pass it off to one of your downline, you know, partners or distributors? And could they just copy and paste basically and move things into their own words and have their own onboarding system too? So yes or no. All right. Next, are you are you the kind of business that has, you know, standard operating procedures? So when I look at bringing in new clients, do you have a standard operating procedure? When a new client signs up, this is the steps that we go through. A new client signs up, they get attached a tag that says new customer. They get a new customer welcome email. They go into a new customer flow, right? They get welcomed into the VIP group. Like what is the process and flow? that no matter whose hands touch that new customer, everybody knows how they're supposed to be handled. And the reason I ask if you have that is because one of the other bullet points that we're going to talk about is eventually we want to get to the point where you have a team that's working for you. And we want to start creating these standard operating procedures now so that you can actually hand that over to somebody else, an admin or a virtual assistant that can then take your process for your client satisfaction and implement that to the T. So one of the things I would tell you to do is start creating Google Docs where you have your standard operating procedures. This is what I do when I get a new client. This also becomes something you can share with your organization and they can duplicate it as well and customize it on their own. All right. The next one is, do you have a process for actually planning your social media content? This, you know, might seem like a a newbie skill, but it's actually something on the leadership level you still want to be focused on. Every single month, I sit down at the last week of the month and I say, okay, what are my business goals for the upcoming month? What are my business goals in terms of recruitment? And what are my business goals in terms of customer sales, parties, right? Volume, qualifying volume, whatever you are measuring. I look at, do I want to advance in rank? Do I want to support people in advancing to rank? So I look at all of those things. And then I look at my monthly calendar using the Make Chic Happen Planner. And I start to put in there how I'm going to market. So I'm looking at my business goals and I'm really getting strategic about the the times of the month that I'm going to be marketing. Then I am able from there to say, so what is my social media going to look like? And now I'm able to create a month at a glance on social media, but I'm also obviously going to do some things in real time. It's not that I sit down and create all 30 pieces of content ahead of time, but my, my marketing strategy is aligned to what's showing up on social media. And then I take it one step further. I actually am sharing that in my team page with my organization. So I'm saying this is my marketing calendar. I'm telling them why I'm marketing the way that I am. And I'm telling them how it's going to help me get to my goals. And I'm explaining it. And then I'm encouraging them to create their own marketing calendar. I maybe even give them the template for my Canva link so they can actually create their own customized marketing calendar as well. What is this allowing me to do? It's allowing me to really 
be and show people what it's like to own a business. It's not just, you know, this fun little hobby, but now it's like, Hey, you're a business owner. You have to have a marketing strategy. You have to plan your social media content. We're not just throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. And again, we're connecting our social media back to our, our, our actual business goals, right? Our social media supports our business goals. So we have a process. We have a process for planning. Mine's a monthly planning process. I look at high level. Then I do a weekly, a weekly evaluation, a weekly planning of what's changing, what's upcoming. Is there any tweaks that I need to be make? And then I'm showing up on the daily to actually implement the plan that I've put in place. I look at my social media as a business tool to help me get from where I am to where I want to go. All right. The next one is, does your team know your vision and what your goals are? So often I work with leaders and they don't want to share their vision. They don't want to make it all about them. They don't want to tell their team what their goals are. And what I find to be true over the past almost 11 years is people want to follow you. They want to rally behind a a shared goal, a, a team vision. They want to be a part of something bigger. And if you can share that, if you can really communicate that shared vision and get the team behind you, what's going to end up happening is people are going to rally right? The year that I, my first year as top coach in the organization, I remember going live and I did this every year, but I would go live in my team page. And I was like, there is no I in team. I remember even taking screenshots of leaderboards. And I was like, we, the dream team are number one. We are, are, you know, the top team in the company. It is not an I thing. And so that's super important that you remember is your team wants to hear the vision. They want to hear the vision. They want to know how it's going to benefit them and they want to be a part of it. And they want to be a part of the recognition that goes alongside of that as well. So make sure that you are actually sharing the vision and telling your team how they can be a part of that vision too. And I know that sometimes sharing your vision can be a little nerve wracking. Like, will people respond and will they be as excited as I am? And the answer is yes. But it's also one of those things that like, hey, if your team doesn't respond the way that you want them to, it's kind of a sign that you don't have the right people. And it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Anytime you share your vision and everybody that's a part of your team isn't on board with it, it's just a reminder that you still have to be out there searching for the right people. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means we have room to grow. We have room to improve and room to elevate ourselves. All right, the next one. This is a big one. Do you have a back-end marketing strategy? And when I say back-end, this is what I mean. So on the back-end, it's things you don't see in the forefront. So things you see in the forefront are your Facebook posts, your Instagram posts. You know, it's what you do out there in the public. It's things that, that people can physically see on the front end, but back end is what you do behind the scenes. That is running freemiums, advertisements, email marketing campaigns, nurture sequences. What do you do when somebody is interested in your product and service and they fill out a form? Better yet, you have a form that somebody fills out. And once they fill out a form for a particular service, do you have a series of emails that nurtures the person and really 
builds trust and shows that this is a good, this is a good purchase for them. This is a good investment for them, right? So I have lots of back-end marketing strategies from prospective clients to prospective team members to different services that I offer to lead generation with freemiums and other funnels. And, you know, there are so many things that you can do on the back end to bring people in, to build the know, like, and trust factor, and ultimately make conversion happen a little bit smoother. So do you have back-end marketing strategies or does the buck stop with you? Are you relying on DMs? Do you have to message people and invite them? Or if somebody says, I want more information, is the conversation only, you're the only person that can have that conversation or do they get funneled to a form that then gives them additional information? I want you to think automation. Somebody fills out a form, they get an automated email. Somebody fills out a form, they get an automated email and they get additional information. Is the process automated? These are the kinds of things that I'm passionate about that I feel most leaders do not take advantage of is having a back-end marketing strategy. Okay. The next one is are you holding your people accountable, whether they're brand new in the business or they, they're they leaders and they've been around for a while? Are you holding people accountable to what they said they wanted to do, whether it was get their business off the ground, make $500, make $1,000, achieve a new rank within the company, leave a full-time job, achieve their health and fitness goals, whatever it may be. If somebody has told you what their goals are, are you taking it upon yourself as their mentor to check back in with that person regularly to make sure they are on track to reaching their goals? And if they're not, what is your action plan? A lot of times it's easy for people just to fly under the radar and for us to keep giving people second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. Like, but what are we doing to make sure that we're not depleting our energy stores, our positivity, our vibes that are allowing us to continue to attract amazing people? And so when I think about accountability, I think about the different ways that I mentor people, you know, and I'll give you one piece of advice. If somebody comes to me and they've been a part of my organization for a very long time and they are not achieving the goals that they said they were going to achieve and they've kind of gone ghosted me, MIA, and all of a sudden they come back out of the woodwork and they're like, I need to make my business work. I need to set up a call with you, right? Can we jump on a call? Can we talk? Like I'm back against the wall and I need to make X amount of money in the next, you know, couple of months. And so the old Melanie would have been like, yeah, let's jump on a call. And I'd have cleared my own personal schedule, jumped on a call because this is a working, you know, part of my team and this could be big, right? Now I've learned to say, pause in my mind, I pause and I go, all right, tell me a little bit more about, you know, why your circumstances have changed. And then I'll say to the person, all right, you know, based on your, you know, media presence or your activity in the online office, I can tell that, you know, you haven't been super active lately. So here's what we're going to do before we have our first call. Cause I really want you to come to the call with a baseline. I want you to print out our tracker. I want you to do it for a week. I want you to, you know, show up on social media and I really want you to create that presence. And I want you to send me a screenshot of your tracker every day with questions that you have. And then by this time next week, we'll have a good baseline of where you're at, what we need to focus on, and then we can set up a one-on-one. And so I'll say, you know, 
let's do that. Here's the tracker. Let's touch base in a week. But honestly, in between, send me your trackers and ask me questions. And so I do that. One of two things happens. One person does it every day. They track, they show up, they're serious about their goals that they need to hit. And we have a one-on-one call and it's productive and they're on the right track. The second kind of person, they say, yeah, 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 I'll do that. And then I don't hear them from them. I don't hear from them. They just are gone. And it may be like even a couple of weeks goes by before I, I even hear from them. And look, I've just saved myself maybe an hour of my time that I would have gotten on the call. I would have poured into somebody. I would have given up precious business time to mentor somebody else for them to turn around and do nothing. So that is one way that you can really hold people accountable in their business is by doing things like that. It's just these tiny little tweaks in the way you mentor that actually hold people accountable. It needs to be a say do, right? It can't be me just always giving and not getting, you know, the effort matched on the opposite side of things. Okay. Another one is do you do incentive trips? Now this might be one you go, huh, wasn't expecting you to say that, but incentive trips, everything from a new distributor trip to a leader trip to a a top in the company trip. But do you do things for your organization? And it's all based on where you're at at this point in your business. When I was early on in the first two years of my business, I was doing incentive trips for newer leadership. And I was, it was downline wide and it was a great way for people to get together. It was a great way for people to work as success partners. It was a great way for me to share vision, to grow the bond, to strengthen the community, to cast the the vision for the next retreat that we were going to do. And really what people started to do is they loved working for the actual rewards trip. And it helped me to get to know my people a lot better too. So I want to encourage you to, if you don't do incentive trips, to really start putting those out there. And if you're new leader, you really want to start with that lower level leadership. What are the ranks that you want people to get to that you want to reward them for? And where do you feel like are the key points that make the most sense for you to invest? The retreats get more robust and just higher level, the higher level the leaders are. And I find those to be things that people will work for. And I also find them to be a great connector to keep people engaged in the business, especially in direct sales. When we're all out here kind of working on our own island, doing our own thing, it is really great to have that personal connection together. Okay. The last one is this, am I hiring help? Do I have a team? I want you to really think about that. Do you have a team? Listen, you know, about eight years ago, I hired my first, actually nine years ago, nine and a half years ago, I hired my first employee. It was an admin, an admin that worked for me four hours a week. And she helped me with scheduling some of the routine and very, very like almost, they were just the same, the same kind of tasks, mundane tasks that of just scheduling, scheduling content that was in my groups that I already had a script for. It was just a copy paste and tweak it and schedule it at the appropriate time. Right. And so I hired somebody for that. And then as my business grew, I expanded, I gave that person more hours and they started to help me with other things like creating a newsletter and recognition. And as my business grew, so did the help. And it 
turned into a full-time administrative assistant position, um, a marketing position, a, uh, you know, the backend sort of, you know, ads and, and drip campaigns and email marketing. And now I have a team, customer support and admin, the sales and marketing. And I don't run this business, just Melanie Mitro, because listen, I have a I have sales, I have team, I am the CEO, I'm the CFO, I am marketing, right? And so I, it would be crazy to think that a CEO of a large corporation does all of those things on their own. No, they, they hire people, they have help. I have a staff that actually helps me to get to where I want to be. And that is something that I feel is a big thing that is missing with people is they just think it needs to be a one woman or man show. And it shouldn't be that way. If you want to grow and scale and create freedom, then there are going to have to be things that you take off your plate, you give to a team member and you empower them. And more often than not, my team members do things better than I do. They're actually better at it than I am. So it's really important that you start to think about Am I hiring help? Do I have a team in place? Do I have a web guy? I know a great web guy. I also know a great social media team as well, right? So if you need that, hit me up. I can give you give you some great recommendations. But listen, you got to have a team, especially as you're scaling. You start adding more and more as you begin to create additional income. So now that I've gone through a lot of these, right? And there's more, there are definitely more. There is definitely mindset that goes into it, right? Growing and scaling, you have to have this CEO mindset where you start to say to yourself, I need to get out of the weeds. I can't be in the weeds of my business. And when I say in the weeds, it's like, you can't get out of your inbox. You're spending five, six, seven hours in your inbox, enrolling customers and doing customer service and responding to messages of people from your team, right? You can't get out of the weeds. Like you're doing the recognition Ignition and you're doing the team calls and you're you're doing everything on your own. There is no automation. There is no delegation. There is no team sharing the support. You know, you aren't getting leads that are coming in on their own. So you're out there having to find leads all of the time. That is not a business that is creating freedom and flexibility. But here is what we can do to solve that problem. I I'm raising my hand right now, have done those things. And I teach that. And in the beginning of the year, I launched what was called the 12-Week Leadership Mastermind. It is my favorite mastermind of life. I love this group. I love this project. And I love working with high-level top leaders in other network marketing companies. So if that is you, if you are listening to this right now and you want to really understand what scalable systems do you need to have in your business and how to actually create them, this mastermind is for you. If you want to have a simple, clear, and direct onboarding system, then this mastermind is for you. If you want standard operating procedures for onboarding new clients, if you want to have a clear process for marketing and communicating your vision to your team and sharing your goals and getting buy-in from the people that are in your organization, then this mastermind is for you. If you don't have a back-end marketing strategy, but you want to create one and you want to do it with somebody who knows exactly what to say and what to do, and you'll even get downloadables with my system that I have actually used. 
If you want to know how to recruit more confidently in your business, then this mastermind is for you. And last but not least, if you want to know how to hire and put a, put in place a team and create incentive trips and hold people accountable and so much more, if you want to be surrounded by other top leaders in other network marketing companies, this is for you. The 12-week mastermind is now open for enrollment. We don't kick it off until July, but I'm taking pre-enrollment. I only take 15 people in this mastermind. Why? Because it's a small group and I want it to be personalized and customized. And I want you to really get that one-on-one support. What the mastermind looks like is we do two calls a month and they're usually 90 minutes. I block out two hours for those calls. I train, teach on a subject, and then we open it up for Q&A. We have discussion. There's always a pre-call form that I have you fill out ahead of time so I can get in real time what you're challenged with. And then I will even customize the training to meet your needs. We have a private WhatsApp chat where you can ask questions and troubleshoot in between sessions. It's a great place to share additional resources and documents and pick my brain. And so what I do with the people in this mastermind is I walk them through my brain, my processes, the strategies, and the tools that have helped me grow a multi-million dollar top organization that is now running on its own. Of course, I'm not completely hands-off, but I definitely don't have to hustle in the same way that I did when I was first building. And it's because I hit pause. It's because I was very smart about the systems that I was putting in place, what I was saying yes to, what I was saying no to. And I want to give that gift to other people because I believe that everybody should feel that freedom and you should really feel it. It's not just, I say it on social media, but behind the seems you're really tied and chained to the business. No, I want you to feel free. And I want to do that with you in the 12-week leadership mastermind. All right. First 15 people that enroll will get the spots as long as you're qualified. And the qualifications are that you need to be a leader. You need to be at a leadership rank. You need to be earning at least $1,000 a week. That is the minimum $1,000 a week. And you have to have a team. You have to have at least that base level. You might not have a lot of people that are duplicating yet, but you have to have that leadership rank, the $1,000 a week. You have to really be like in. I am ready to take it to the next level. I am coachable. I am hungry. I am willing to implement. I am not just going to be a collector of information, but I am going to do the things. If that is you, I'm saving you a spot. You can actually snag the link right here in the show notes to the Leadership Mastermind. If you fill out the application, I will respond to you within the next 12 hours as to whether or not it would be a good fit for you. And then if you're a good fit, you can reserve your spot and get ready to roll. All right, you guys, thanks so much for tuning in here today on the podcast. And I hope you loved this episode. I hope it made you think just really, how do I be a better leader? How do I create a business that is automated, that is starting to run on its own, that is really scaling. And these are the the pieces, the nuggets, the, the nuts and the bolts of how to make that happen. All right. If you love today's episodes, I want you to take a screenshot and I want you to tag me on Instagram at Melanie Mitro. Tell me what you loved about today's episode. What's the one area of your business right now that is the pain point, the thorn in your side? Let me know what that is, you guys. And if you can do me a favor, go leave me a rating and review over on iTunes because it helps other people find the podcast just like you have found mine. 
All right. So grateful for your time today. And I hope you have an amazing week. See you back here next week. Bye everybody.